Welcome to the Artist's Work Ethic Podcast. I'm Mike Pilak. I'm a screenwriter, actor, and filmmaker who's always looking to maximize my time and potential as I work to break in. In this podcast, I talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process, habits, and work ethic. Today on the show is Patrick Reynolds. Patrick has written and directed four feature films. His films Rites of Spring, Worry Dolls, Open 24 Hours, and Dark Light have been seen on Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, Tubi, and Amazon. Patrick has also directed five music videos for Sumerian Records. His award-winning short film, The Election, featured well-known character actors Lin Shay and Ray Wise. He wrote the Sony television miniseries Buried Alive and has written and developed a script for Sean Cunningham, the producer of Friday the 13th and Last House on the Left. A couple quick things before we jump into the episode. I've talked in the past about myself working on breaking into screenwriting. Please check out blackoilfilms.com slash screenwriting. There you can check out some of the screenplays I've written. I have the first 10 pages of each one uploaded, but feel free to email me at the artist's work ethic podcast at gmail.com and I'd be happy to send you a full script if you're interested in reading. Last thing before we get into the episode, I would love anyone listening to subscribe, rate, and review the artist's work ethic podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us put the show out there for more people to listen to. All right, Patrick, thank you for coming on with me today. Thanks a lot. So as long as I've known you, you've always been very confident in your film career. Was there a specific moment that solidified that feeling for you? Uh, yeah, I got uh, I got hired by Sean Cunningham to write a script. And was, he wanted to base a script called Ameris Paris. And he wanted a horror movie like that where interconnecting stories led up to, to a horrific events. I was like, okay, cool. And I wrote a script of the draft of it and he really liked it. I'm like, cool. And then and nothing really happened from it. So I thought I really liked the story. And there was a section of it called the election uh, about this governor and his wife. They hit this little girl and they decide it's two days, three days before the uh, election happens. And they decide to bury her in the desert. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go shoot this out in the desert with my friends. And, and, uh, and then I sent the script out and Ray Weiss and Lynn Shea actually signed up to do it. And I was like, Oh, fuck, I guess it's kind of good. So, and then we went and shot it and it went to all these film festivals and it won a, a bunch of awards. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, I can do this. And then I got hired to uh, work for the Sony Crackle division to write uh, a mini series uh, for their Crackle department called Buried Alive. And I was like, cool. And then when I was there, I was like, oh, I see how I see how things kind of don't get done in big studio productions <laughs> because there's so many different minds coming in and they want to change. And, they, and then I met this guy who off of Craigslist, actually, to be all funny. I That's said, old school, guy, huh? I need money. Yeah, I need money to do my movie. Anybody got any money to do my movie? And this guy in Mississippi goes, I got money. Watch, come to Mississippi. And I'm like, okay. So I flew to Mississippi and I sent him the script. He liked it. It was called Right to Spring. We met at this Waffle House. And he goes, I want to do a movie here. It was right after the uh, the big uh, hurricane there. I he we went back and forth a while, and they didn't really understand. So I went out to my ex girlfriend's farm, and I shot like a little teaser trailer for it, and I sent it to him. And he's like, Is this what it looks like? I go, Yes, exactly what the movie looks like. And I'm like, cool, you got the money. And then so I was shooting. I shot right to spring, like uh, about three months after that. 
I mean, would, would you say that somewhere tied in there is just kind of proactively doing the work a way that you made your own luck happen? Yes. It's a very much like music. When you, when we were in a, when I was growing up in a band, right? We would fly our cars, right? Nobody's going to come fucking see your gig if they don't know who you are. So we fly our gigs. We go to other people's shows who are popular. We talk to their girls. We talk to all the every, you know, all the clubs. And then you get a demo tape. You send that demo tape out. It's the same exact thing. You have to create your art for people to see it or else they're not going to see it. And it's the DIY punk rock thing. It's like, uh, fuck these guys. I'm going to go make it myself. You know what I mean? And then you make it and then, you know, hopefully they'll give you money to go make another one. And if they don't just make another one. I mean, I've talked about that a lot on, on this, you know, especially because a lot of the, a lot of the people who have come on have some connection to the punk rock world. And we yeah. talk a lot about how that's such a driving force to, to getting anything done is, is, I mean, it sounds silly, but it's like literally just getting out and doing it. Yeah, that's what you have to do. And the biggest thing in the industry is I think a lot of people have a lot of fear. Like I've talked to a lot of screenwriters. They're like, well, who do I send the main thing on? I go, just go shoot it, dude. Just go shoot like a teaser trailer for it. And instead of going out and partying for a month, save that money, find a cool DP, shoot something and just go do it. And that's the only way people are going to see what you know, what your work is. You know what I mean? A lot of people sit around and wait for the for the door to, to knock. It's never going to happen. You know, I mean, it might, but I like to go out like the band. We toured a lot all the time. So, and that's how, you know, and then we got on new red archives and then the same as the same as the movie industry, you know, you, you make a little indie movie, people watch it. You go to the film festivals, some guy approaches you, Hey, how much you make that for this amount? Oh, can you do a movie here? Yeah, I have this. And then you do, but there's also missed opportunities that, you know, a lot of stuff doesn't get made. Like they said, you think it's going to get made, but it doesn't, but that's just, I don't know. That's just what life is. Going off of that, I mean, has have there been has there been a moment in your career that you've just been completely discouraged, and and then how did you overcome that? No, because it's, I always thought it was like just the, like the punk rock thing. It's like I'm just going to keep making fucking music. Who cares? I still write music. Nobody's ever going to hear it, but it's like that's what I like to do, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. Like I was supposed to do this giant ten million dollar crocodile movie in Puerto Rico. And I was like, holy crap, this is huge. We're going to build two giant robot crocodiles. And then the pandemic hit and wiped it all away. And I was, and everybody's like, oh man, aren't you devastated? I'm like, yeah, but there's really nothing I can do about it. So I'm going to try and make something else. And I, I got hooked up with this band called Palais Royale and I did a whole bunch of music videos for them. And they just liked my vibe because they're like, you were in a, I remember the first meeting with them. They go, you're in a band, right? I'm like, how'd you know? I'm like, we can just tell. It's like, you don't, you just, easy going you're not like you know and i was like yeah the whole, whole video has to be around the singer nobody cares about the fucking drummer <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so and he goes i like that i like that like, yeah <laughs> dude, i know well that's sort of what keeps me driving all the time it's like you know i want 10 movies before i die that's like my goal but as long as i keep working and doing stuff it's cool you know so what's your what's your method of of structuring your day to day life to balance writing, directing, all the other stuff that comes along with filmmaking, as well as your your family and and any other commitments? And how are you balancing all that stuff? It's, it's a good question because one, like I remember when my daughter was born, right? I was been trying to get a movie off into ground often. When my daughter was born, a good friend of mine, Kurt, said, "Oh, your life's over." <laughs> and I'm like, "It's not. It's not what you're talking about. It's terrible. Don't say that." 
And then my daughter had like complications and uh, I was in, in NICU and I was like, you know what? All that shit doesn't really matter. What matters is that she gets better. You know what I mean? And then as soon as I had that like revelation, fucking the phone rings. Oh, we're doing a movie in March. I'm like, oh, okay. I see how it works. You know? And you just sort of balance it. Like I, I was a big fan of Stephen King and Stephen King would be like, I would just write, like I would write in the nighttime. I write till two o'clock in the morning and I have jobs that I'm like, I get, I get fix up screenplays. And I just, you know, this is the deadline. I'll make it. I'll just make it. And then, and then I go on vacation with my daughter and do that stuff, but I'll write on vacation. I'll write on everything else like that. So you just kind of like, kind of get a, like a, a cool balance, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's kind of, you know, where I'm at, where, I'm I'm working a day job, got two kids, but I'm I'm writing a ton in the morning yeah. and in the evening. You know, kind of wherever between editing this thing and, and doing everything else is I think so much of it, especially so much of it's just about finding those moments too and, and yeah. giving yourself the time to do those things, being selfish to an extent, yeah. really. Well, you it also you have to be creative and you have to do what you love in life. You know what I mean? Else you're just gonna be miserable. But like my friend, my editor, Ed, he was like, don't get discouraged if people pass on your script. It only takes one. I'm like, yeah, it only takes one person to see something and be like, oh, this is cool. So, and it's the shotgun theory. You send it to people, you know, some people don't pan out. Some people, you know, and sometimes it does. And sometimes things, like when I was doing Open 24 Hours in Serbia, they really liked what I was doing. And like, they came back like, what else you have? Like, well, I got this story about this lady who she goes to prison because uh, she says a monster took her kid and nobody believes her. And they're like, well, we love it. So I went back to my hotel room while I was doing open 24 hours and I started writing that. So I would have it prepared for them before I left. Because after you do a movie, everybody's in the love fest. Everybody thinks it's like the greatest thing in the world, you know? Oh my God, we want to do multiple movies with you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but that way I, I had them sign off on it as soon as I left so that I came right back at the end of summer and did another movie with them, which was with Dark Light, which was, which was cool. So but you, you have to make your own, you have to make your own, you have to make your own kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that goes into just persistence and perseverance, yeah. you know, and just especially in, in this world is like you said earlier is you can't just sit by and and wait for the phone to ring. You've got to like get out there and you've got to stick with it too. You can't just throw out your first short film and and expect the world to come, you know, you you do. I talked to a lot of my friends. A lot of them think, Oh my God, I thought the doors were just going to bust open and they're going to give me fucking gobs of cash. It doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. Uh, But also you have to kind of like stick to your guns. Like there's a lot, there's a couple scripts that I wrote and they wanted to change it a lot. And I'm like, Hmm, just not my jam. I don't really want to do that. You know what I mean? I want to sort of live and die on your own merits. It, goes, it always goes back to punk rock. I mean, those bands do things for a reason. They make that song for a reason. So you said that you want to make 10 movies before you die. Let's yeah. Just talking about goal setting, I, I love kind of like the concept of goal setting and, and staying mm-hmm. focused on what you're doing. What's your you know, approach to whether it's like short-term goals, long-term goals, how do you, how do you kind of focus yourself to, to always be moving the needle forward? Well, what I do, I write a script 
And then I go out and I, sh- I, I write a lookbook for it. And then I go out and I shoot something from it because nobody wants to read scripts, dude. So I'm like, I send them the proof of concept, the, the little teaser. And I'm like, hey, this is what the movie's going to look like. I mean, obviously, it's going to look better because I just shot it in a day. But you get a good feel for what the movie is. And would you want to read the script? And that they say, yeah, I like this. Like when I did Open 24 Hours, they bought that whole movie from the teaser trailer I shot. They didn't read the script files in fucking Serbia. And then when we were doing the movie, they're like, hey, where's the where's the gas all over the girl? And I'm like, oh, I just shot that for the teaser because it looks cool. I'm like, no, 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 it's got to be in the movie. I'm like, oh, fuck, where am I going to put it in the movie? And then I just said, okay, sure, yeah. But like everything from the, and that's very visual. And I think in this day and age, you have to be very visual and show people exactly what you want and, you know, sort of kind of live or die with your vision. You know what I mean? Because there's so many movies out there. I mean, you look on Tubi, there's so many. And and not every and now everybody's a critic, so they can watch your movie and just like, like I had this guy who was like, eh, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Dude, how'd you see it? Nobody's even fucking seen it yet. I mean, I haven't even sent it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody just wants to tear people down. Yeah, and, and everyone wants to be the first to do it too. Yeah, and they love it. They just want you to feel bad in life. And I'm just like, dude, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So you're you're sitting down to write a script. Are you are you sitting down to do that first thing in the morning, late at night, or just you know whenever you have a moment? What's your what's your preferred time? Both. I like to write in the afternoon, and then I like to write late at night. You know what I mean? And then if I have a, like a problem, I'll like go in the bathtub and like take a bath and like think about it about you know what to do. Sometimes I beat the whole script out. There's a lot of times I beat it out. But other times I just write it because I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm too lazy to beat it out. Let's just write it. See what happens. You know what I mean? And it's called, it's called a vomit draft. But sometimes you're yeah. like, oh, this works pretty well. And then you kind of go back to it. I was writing an adaptation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde for this for this company. And I wrote full thing on it, right? I'm like, I don't really fucking like this. And so, like, I took a break and I'm like, I wrote a whole second script about it. And now I really like it. So I just pitched that whole – I just threw that whole thing out. And I went with, you know, kind of got to go with your gut. But getting back to your question, yeah, I write morning and late at night when everybody goes to bed. It's the best time because everybody's sleeping. You can concentrate. You can relax. And going to bed at two is not that big a deal. Yeah. So what's something work ethic related or productivity related that you feel like you could improve upon for yourself? Well, it's all it's all days. It's like you need more days to shoot a movie, right? Like you only when you're doing when you're living in the Indian world, it's like it's like it's like doing a record. You only have five days to do this fucking record. Why don't we have like you know? So and that's like days and days and days add to what you can do. Like when I did that little, I was talking a little bit about this short film that I shot in the park for free. We didn't have a but we didn't have a time limit. We didn't have anything to be. And I, and I and I realized that I really liked that. I wish I had more time to do stuff to improve your vision. You know what I mean? Sometimes when you shoot something, you're like, I got to live with it. You know, like there's a kitchen, there's a scene in Dark Light where she battles the monster. She jumps on this kitchen table, right? And she electrocutes a monster and she, it falls off. That whole scene was supposed to be walk in. Another monster comes in. She shoots that one. Another one comes in the side door. It was supposed to amp up, but my actress went down with an illness and that company said, nope, you only got one day to shoot it. Like, so I had to cut it down. But, and I think a lot of people don't realize that when they watch your movies, the, comp- the, the compromises that you have to make. It's my thing is that, okay, I'm now, if I go into something, have a better compromise 
in case that shit happens. You see what I'm, see what I'm saying? Yep. Like have like your action scenes be able to get in and out if something goes wrong or rains or whatever, you know. All right, man. Anything that you want to plug or talk about before we go? Uh, yeah, watch my movies. They're all they're open twenty four hours. Is on Amazon Prime and just got picked up by uh, Peacock. Uh, Dark Light is on Amazon Prime. They're all on Tubi. Everyone, all four of them, Right to Spring, uh, Worry Dolls, uh, Dark Light, and Open Twenty Four Hours, and they're all on Amazon Prime as well. I think Right to Spring's on Hulu too. So, the one good thing about all these all these social platforms is that your movie can kind of live a, a long life. You know what I mean? Because Peacock just picked up Open Twenty Four Hours. I'm like, oh, cool. And Amazon picked up uh, Dark Light, which was on Netflix, but it ran its course. And now it's, but you can still see it. It just doesn't disappear. Brings a new life and maybe even a new audience. Exactly. But the one thing that I worry about for filmmakers out there, always get digital media, always get your media like, uh, you know, on like a a Blu-ray or an X, you know, or back up everything. Because I'm afraid we're going to lose a lot of these movies because these computers are, you know, they get old and they fucking corrupt. It's not like film where you can go to a, a, a revival house and watch a print of fucking Texas Chainsaw from 82. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's basically, you know, watch my movies. Awesome. Well, Patrick, thank you for coming on with me today. Thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please rate and review the show. Follow us on Instagram at The Artist's Work Ethic and check out theartistsworkethic.com.